The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In this economy, are you making the money you could be making? Welcome to High Yield with your hosts, Frank Rolf and Dave Reynolds. The old ways don't work anymore, so let Frank and Dave help you find new high-yielding opportunities. You can start by tuning in for the next hour. Now, here's Frank Rolf and Dave Reynolds. Welcome to High Yield, the show that explores new ways to succeed in a troubled America. This is Frank Rolf, and with me as always is Dave Reynolds. Thanks, Frank. Um, you know, last week we talked about our favorite ways, uh, you know, one of our favorite ways to harness the declining American economy, and that's through affordable housing, and affordable housing is uh, mobile home parks. Um, this week we're going to go over, um, you know, mobile home parks in greater detail. Uh, you know, Frank and I are the 20th largest owners of mobile home parks in the U.S., um, so it's something we you know, certainly are very strong against, yeah, really strongly for is mobile home parks and affordable housing. Right. You know, as we discussed last week, about 30% of Americans are living on a household income of about 20000 per year or less, and around 50% of Americans are on some form of social program. You probably know those statistics from the most recent presidential election because they got bounced around quite a bit. In fact, those numbers may be low. Some people are saying that it's, uh, it's even higher than that because we have a lot of folks on there who are not actually counted in those statistics. So, uh, you know, what this basically means, no matter any way you cut it, you know, there's a huge demand to house this giant segment of the U.S. population uh, that cannot afford more than about $500 per month. And what we're coming up with the $500 is, you know, if you're earning 20000 a year and you follow the government's ratios, and, the, and they're pretty much adopted and accepted by everybody, of what you can afford to pay as far as your housing, your rent, on, on an income of $20,000 a year, that works out to about $500 a month. And at that price point, the only decent form of housing there is is basically mobile homes in a mobile home park. Right, Frank. Um, you know, and as the economy you know gets worse, you know those numbers keep getting better or keep getting bigger. For example, you know there's about 10,000 people per day that are retiring right now, and it, you know they're only going to you maybe get what 12 to you know 18, maybe 24,000 you know max on right. Social Security. Um, you know, so where are they going to live? You know, what are they going to do? And, you know, Warren Buffett, you know, last year he gave an interview on, you know, U.S. Uh, household formations, um, you know, basically explaining that, you know, as young people are getting married, they can't really afford, um, you know, an existing, you know, most of the typical housing options out there. They can't go buy a single-family house or, you know, a lot of times they can't afford the apartment rent. So, you know, that's probably, you know, you know, a, you know a great leading fact for, you know, affordable housing, mobile home parks, and, you know, that's probably why he's the largest owner of mobile home or manufactured home manufacturing and financing in the United States. Right. In fact, you know, I watched that interview, and, and that, that was the interview in which he said that, you know, living with your parents gets old after a while. So, uh, you know, you have all, the, all these folks, new household formations, living with parents, living with grandparents. 
wanting to move out on their own, have a house of their own, somewhere to live, and yet they don't make enough money because of the fact they're they're earning twenty thousand dollars a year or less to afford that. So you know, I think we're all in agreement that mobile home parks are a high yield opportunity. That's for sure. Right. You know, how do you how do you realistically invest in this arena? And to help us answer that question, here in a little bit, we're going to have Jeff Mueller, who's one of the top mobile home park brokers in the U.S., on the line with us, live and in person, to tell you the ins and outs of buying mobile home parks and his thoughts on the industry. But first, we thought we'd like to, you know, talk about some deals we've done, both big and small. So we'll start from very, you know, the smallest parks we've done, move on up to the largest, and kind of show you how those work and how those turned out. Sure. And, uh, you know, the fir- first small park we'll start with was, was my first small park. And it, it, I, I want to give you this story just to show you the, you know, uh, the range of what you can do in the industry because it was such a small deal. It was a 15-space park uh, located in Lake Worth, Texas. Uh, there was a little brick house in the middle. I bought the entire park for $60,000 with $5,000 down. Now, I know those numbers don't sound too staggering. It was very, very underappreciated. The park was in terrible cosmetic disrepair. And what made it even more interesting was it was a mom-and-pop situation where uh, mom-and-pop had died and left this park to, to you know, their heir, and he didn't know what to do with it. So you had this, uh, this little, little park in a really nice lo- little niche location over off of a highway in, in Lake Worth. And the long and the short of it was I got the park. I, you know, clean, cleaned out the, you know, cosmetically mowed, edged, uh, set about getting a rent roll put together, started collecting money and paying bills, and operated the park just fine. Had that for probably about five or six years. Uh, that park had a weird ending because over time, the the area became hot enough that the park was worth more as land than it was as a park. So in the end, we we bulldozed the park as it was sold for commercial land, but we had a net profit of about a hundred thousand dollars on it. Now, you know uh, the number. I mean, D- Dave and I are both very miserly, so we we look at everything in relation to the dollar store, and you know, a hundred thousand dollars to us is huge. That would buy a hundred thousand items at the dollar store. What makes that that profit more, more even more exciting, I think, is the fact that that was based on a five thousand dollar initial down. Right. So, which is, you know, what kind of return on investment is that, Frank? It's just gigantic. Right. So that's it's you know it's about a about a twenty 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 fold return <clears throat> over a span of about five or six years. So that that there, that's a sample of a small park. You know, kind of how those things work. Right. And you know, I'll just uh, go over our park. You know, we bought this park. You know, about. I don't know, two, three years ago, you know, somewhere in that range. This one was uh, right outside of uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Um, you know, just a small park, you know, about 20 units. Um, you know, it's pretty highly occupied. You know, it's a, a nice, clean park. Um, and uh, it was owned by uh, Mom and Pop. And, you know, one, one of the things you'll see is, you know, a lot of times, you know, Mom and Pop don't actually operate, you know, a park to its fullest potential. You know, they get they get a uh, you know they get tied down on the details and you know like on this park they had uh, I, I want to say it was around 10 of the spaces were were uh, rental mobile homes and you know the other 10 were just paying the lot rent well you know they put a huge you know a huge uh you know focus on on these rental homes which were really only generating them you know another $100 $150 a month rent 
but it was you know, generating all of the hassle, all of the turnover, um, you know, tons of repairs and maintenance and all of that kind of kind of thing. So, you know, basically our strategy um, was, okay, you know, the, the the park's great, you know, it's full, you know, let's let's get out of the rental mobile home business and let's actually get these homes, you know, owned by the residents. So, you know, using our, you know, our rent-to-own type program, you know, basically we went in there, we pushed the lot rent up, so we had that longevity of the lot rent, and um, and basically sold the homes off, you know, on, you know, basically, you know, zero interest, and you just let people pay them down, you know, over time, and then they you actually are buying something rather than just renting, so it changes their mentality 100%. Right. And, uh, you know, so they're... So, you know, it becomes a very easy park to manage because we have, like, zero turnover. I mean, you know, people are in there. They, they like the park. They're, you know, generating some equity by, you know, part of their rent going to buying the home every month. And, uh, you know, the park's benefiting because it's, you know, much more easy to, to manage now because you don't have to fix all the, you know, the carpeting and the toilets and, you know, the roof leaks and all that kind of stuff because the, that's now their tenant's responsibility. So, you know, we bought that park for... Yeah, I'm gonna. Th- I, I want to say we bought it for around two, two, a little over two hundred thousand, and we sold it, and you know, made about a hundred thousand dollar profit on that as well. Right. Um, but you know, you know, one of those parks where you know, just get the get the you know, schematics working right. You know, just get out of that rental business, own just the lots, um, create pride of ownership, and um, you know, the park's actually worth you know more, and that's you know, basically all we did to it. Right. Yeah. Let, let me uh, go in off that story. Another another park. This was a again a smaller size park, 28 space park. Uh, this one was it was an even uh, you know different turnaround. It was a park that was basically full, and it came with a park with 28 pads and then a uh, freestanding house next door. And this park you know needed nothing. It was the roads were good, utilities were fine. There was no really problem to it. But it had, it had one unique problem. The owner had the rent at $100 a month. And it had been at $100 a month for maybe a couple decades. You know, he, he had built the park himself by hand. He lived in the house next door. He knew over time all the tenants, became very friendly with them, and he could not bear to raise the rent because he thought if he raised the rent, he would no longer be their buddy. He would be, you know, the, the just you know, a regular old landlord. So he deliberately kept the rents at an outrageously low amount. So... You know, I bought this park, and the and the park was priced on the front end as though the going rent was a hundred, but the market rent in the area was over three hundred. So the entire turnaround was nothing more than taking and raising the rent from a hundred a month to two seventy five. Now, those those folks who are listening in will say, "Well, gee, then I guess you lost everybody." But in fact, we didn't lose any of our tenants because the market rent was over three hundred dollars a month. So at 275, I was still under market. The, the next cheapest park was st- would still be 50 dollars a month more than this park. And I sent everyone a letter on the front end saying we're going to raise the rent because the rents are too low, and you can either pay the new rent or move out. And here, in fact, are the numbers of the other parks you can move to. So it was a very very easy turnaround. And an additional perk on that turnaround was that house next to the park had never really put been given a value in anyone's assumptions because he had been living in the house so the house was not really income producing so now that now that you know we've got this house we take the house and subdivide the house off and then sell the house for about a hundred thousand dollars so 
or the the economics worked on this deal were I think it paid for the park around two and a quarter, sold the house off, driving it down to one and a quarter. Meanwhile, raised the rents up from a hundred to two seventy five a month. So in the end, I think we sold that park for Dave. You can help me on this three three something or four something. Right, but, it, yeah. but again, an incredible amount. Four ninety-five or something, yeah, something like that, and uh, right, and and again, and even then, if that's not impressive enough, what was even more interesting was the guy carried the paper on it, so it didn't have to get a bank loan, didn't have to go through any form of credit checks or any any documentation. Basically, bought it. He carried the paper, sold the house off, raised the rent, and then ultimately sold it. So, those are the kind of things you can do out there with with these parks. Sure. And uh, I'll just go over one, you know, kind of similar example, but, you know, just before our first break here, um, this was a you know, medium-sized park. Yeah, I think it was 40, about 45 units, and it was in Kansas, um, you know, down there in the Dodge City area. Um, and it's a very similar story to what Frank just said, you know, but on top of, uh, you know, basically having all of the, the, you know, the rents were too low, you know, the rents were 100, we went in and boosted them up to 150. Um, you know, the guy was not collecting his rents. You know, he was just you know, letting people come pay him. So, you know, we had to, you know, get a little bit, you know, stern and, you know, make people pay the rents. And, you know, he, he had a, I think it was a $9,000 delinquency carryover, you know, which is almost two months of rent when we took over. And within two months, it was, you know, everybody was paying on time every month. And just those two items, you know, we were able to buy the park, do nothing else but raise rents, collect the rents. And you know, sold it for about one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar gain, um, just uh, you know, right right after that. Yeah, so so about, give, about thirteen months later. Yeah, so I'll give everyone some some thoughts on the mobile home park business. Again, we're going to go to break, and then after that, we're going to go over a few more stories from the past and parks we've owned, and then move on to uh, Jeff Mueller, who will be our first guest. So, talk to you all in a second here. All right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolf and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest-income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. 
Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, president of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolfe at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield, everybody. We're talking about uh, right now some stories of mobile home parks we've owned and operated and sold. And uh, the next one we'd like to go over with you real quick. I mean, again, these are just to give you some very rough ideas about the park business and, and what, what, how it works. Next park we'd like to go over is one that I ha- had uh, years ago called uh, Glenhaven. And this park is, uh, is down in, in Dallas. It's the very first park I owned. Uh, it's a little larger than the ones we were talking about earlier as far as its size, 83 lots. Uh, it, it was a park I bought for uh, about $400,000 with only about $10,000 down. Uh, and basically was my very first uh, property I got involved in in, in that industry. <clears throat> and it's yet another type of turnaround. We've talked about the ones where you can boost the rent. We've talked about the ones, you know, you buy it small, terrible cosmetic condition, the ones where the, the homes are all beat up. This park had a little bit of all of those. It was a park that basically had been just abandoned, let, let go to seed by an out-of-state owner who had just kind of lost interest with it over the years. And it required just a little bit of everything. And, and it had a very, very great ending because it ended up selling for, for a, a giant amount, uh, you know, around a million dollars more than than what was paid for it. But what made it, I guess, uh, even more interesting was just the fact that, you know, uh, to me on that deal it was, the, it was the financing arrangement. You know, in mo- most real estate, when you, when you look at buying apartments or, you know, duplexes or anything, conventionally you're always thought you have to put about 20% down. You have to go get a bank loan. This, again, was a deal where the seller carried the paper but with a phenomenally low amount down. So yeah, I mean, it was it ten thousand? Ten ten thousand down on four hundred thousand of price, which is what Dave about two and a half percent. Right. And uh, you know, had had that not structure not been there, it would have been very hard for me to have the confidence to buy my first park. But the way I looked at the deal was, I I only had at at, at risk in the entire deal at any moment about ten thousand dollars, and the you note know, was non recourse, which meant if I didn't make the payments. What I did was I would give the park back to the seller and walk away free 
with with no uh, no judgments or liens or anything. So I want to throw that deal out because you know on the small parks you might be saying, well, gee, yeah, uh, you can get that that kind of creative financing thing, but you know even on the larger parks it's still available out there. Right, for sure. Uh, okay, let me let me go over a little bit larger park. Um, you know this park's you know about 160 units. Um, this one's you know about 30 miles outside of Chicago, Illinois. Um, we bought this park. Um, when to buy this? You know, about a year and a half ago. Um, still own it. Um, um, basically, this park was, um, you know, you know, not really one where you go in and raise the rents, um, but you know what we would consider this one was kind of mismanaged um, and you know, overmanaged at the same time. Um, you know, the the, the park was uh, was being run by a you know an older lady. You know, she was earning about sixty five thousand dollars a year. And she had a staff of about five or six people to run this, you know, 150, 160 space park. And so their, pay, you know, total payroll expenses was, you know, way over a hundred thousand dollars a year, which, you know, is just ludicrous in in a park of that size. You know, it was not, you know, not the Ritz Carlton. You know, just a, an older, you know, mobile home park. You know, you know, a lot of older homes, but you know, in a good market. Uh, and they were just throwing away, you know, at least fifty thousand in excess cash flow just you know to keep the manager supported you know one of the things the manager had done was lobbied for a brand new playground which i think cost forty thousand dollars um which she really wanted out front of her house for her grandkids so you know it was kind of a you know the manager kind of took control of that deal and was you know just spending money like crazy on all this help um you know they were doing uh rehabs on mobile homes that the park owned um, those were costing anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars a piece, um, and quote, most of them were closer to ten thousand dollar a piece. And the work was, you know, not very good at all. So, you know, basically, our our job was to go in there, get rid of that manager, you know, find a good set, you know, good on-site management team, get the homes, you know, fixed up, rented out, and you know, just boost the occupancy up. You know, we haven't raised the rents at all. We've just, you know, cut the expenses on the management and all of the waste, um, you know, that she was spending. It was about $150,000 of just pure waste. Um, so we've created, a, you know, a park that we bought for about a million three. You know, the net income on that one's you know, close to 300000 now. It was just cutting out all the waste. Yeah, that, that, that in fact, was a very unique deal, Dave. I think it would be safe to say but we've never seen a park ever with that much waste in it. Right, it was, yeah. it was its own waste management dumpster of a park right there. It's crazy. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I think the big takeaway from these various stories are several. Number one, you know, the mobile home park business is kind of the wild west of real estate. I mean, you know, every other real estate class at this point has had enough time and enough institutional ownership that everything is very cut and dry, very kind of corporate very kind of black and white. You have a standard down payment, standard note structures going through a bank. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of opportunity in that kind of arrangement because, you know, there's just not much you can do to create significant value with the property. And in these parks, just because they've been owned for so long by moms and pops and are still owned by moms and pops, uh, it, 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 it offers a whole different world, which I guess is why it's on our, on our number one pick for high yield, you know, as America goes down the drain and the demand goes up for for affordable housing, here here's an opportunity to buy something that's underappreciated by the mom and pop, poorly operated, 
and yet that they can often carry the paper on. So, you know, it's, again, another reason we really love the, the mobile home park business. Right, for sure. And and before we go on to uh, Jeff Mueller, who will be on the line here in a little bit, uh, we thought we'd go over a couple questions from the show from last week. And, again, we'd like to remind everybody, you're always free to call in your questions at 866-472-5790. The first question we had was, you know, and this is from Mark in Georgia, uh, there are a lot of methods on how to organize your day. What are yours? And and that's a great question for me because I've always been very big on my own little daily systems I do, and I'm sure Dave has the exact same thing. Uh, my my life revolves around a day timer, you know, the, the, the kind of day timer you can buy right down at the old Office Depot store that could cost 20 bucks. And basically, I plan on that crazy day timer, everything I plan to do each day, <clears throat> right there in the day timer. I have the one that shows from 8 a.m. to, I don't know what it shows, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you know, what, what you plan on doing every minute of the day. And, uh, you know, I have everything written in there. You know, I have, I'm going to start the day out working on this project, got a call at this time, an appointment at this time, and I'm absolutely addicted to that day timer. I, I carry it with me everywhere. If someone asks me, you know, am I free to do something, I'm always like, well, let me look at my day timer. Um, but that, that's, that's how I organize it is the good old-fashioned way. I don't know how I got onto that. I think it's the same way people did for the last, you know, 80 years or something in business is using those doggone day timers. But that—that's how I do it. I mean, Dave, how do you do it? Um, well, you know, it's pretty pretty hard to organize my day because you know, typically, you know, doing about you know thirty different things all at once, all of the time. But you know, the the way I schedule everything is I'm basically using you know my you know Outlook calendar, you know, along with my you know calendar on my you know cell phone. Um, you know, that kind of schedules the day. You know, I would say the you know the the biggest thing I try to do is I try to you know set aside. Usually early in the morning, um, you know, a couple hours where I can just basically sit down and, you know, you know, work without any interruptions. You know, answer all the emails I haven't answered, get all the projects done I haven't answered. You know, so it's that really that you know first couple hours of my day where I'm getting you know almost everything um, done. You know, which would you know take forever during the day because I'm interrupted all all day long. So you know, it's really just setting aside those times and you know. You know, putting things in the list of importance. You know, you know, sitting there and you know, answering emails every five seconds is not a good way to schedule your your time. You know, you've got to you know, get get on a project, get that project completed, and then move on to the next one rather than jumping all over the place. You know, at, at all times. Yeah, and I think one important thing that Dave just said is, you know, because Dave and I both office out of our own home offices, so. You know, we've been very fortunate not to have to go and be in an environment with lots of people and lots of distractions uh, where we can, you know, basically be by ourselves. And that's, uh, that's a, to me, a hugely important part of, of my, my organizational time is the ability, as Dave says, to kind of sit back quietly by myself and reflect what the plan is for the next day. Now, I do mine normally at night, do the exact same thing Dave does. You know, if you're listening to this call and you have, you have a, a day job, you're in an office environment, you know, a great place to, to also meditate and think about what your, your goals are is driving. I used to do that when I went to a regular office format for, for decades. Uh, I would use my car kind of as my personal think tank. You know, I wasn't playing the radio, not, not doing anything other than just thinking to myself, you know, what am I going to do today while I'm driving? It's a great way to start your day. 
It's also a great way to end your day when you're driving home. You can think, what happened today? What do I want to do tomorrow? So, you know, if you, if you don't have the, the luxury of a home office, uh, you know, your car is your home office, and you can still do, do those same things there. For sure. Uh, one other item, real quick, so we have to go to the break here in just, just a moment. You know, what habits have you found work for you on a daily habits? This is, again, from Mark in Georgia. You know, he put on here, do you, do you work out? And, you know, th- that's a great item, again. I, I used to. I'm, I'm hoping this coming week, I know people always pledge to do things, hoping to go back to working out every morning. You know, uh, I can't emphasize enough, you know, no, no matter what you do business-wise, how much money you make, if you don't have your health, you're in deep trouble. And, in fact, I was, I was recently just, I, I got the nerve to go out and diet because I saw that, that, that Dave was doing fantastically dieting, and I thought, you know what, why don't I do that? And I'm now, you know, about 15 pounds lighter, feeling much, much healthier. I can just get the workout in, I'll feel even better, but I, I cannot emphasize enough, and I try and teach my daughter this, you know, you, you really got to keep your health. you got to got to put in, you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day, really trying to, to, to exercise and to eat properly. It's, it's just super important in your life. For sure. Okay, okay I guess well, we need to go to we're the break next. time here, so uh, we'll be back with you here shortly with Jeff Mueller. All right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, President of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303 
328-2049. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolfe at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield, and we're excited to now get on the line with our favorite mobile home park broker, one of the top guys in the U.S., Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap, and we're going to pick his brain about what it takes to, to buy mobile home parks in the real world here. Okay. Yeah, we've been, you know, been working with Jeff here for several years now. Um, you know, uh, he's probably one of the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable guys out there, you know, is in the mobile home park space. You know, a lot of brokers out there, you know, have a listing on a mobile home park or two, but... You know, Jeff actually understands the business that he's, you know, representing as a, you know, a broker, you know, as a, you know, seller, seller side or the buyer side. So, you know, find that as a real, you know, big positive because, you know, it helps to have somebody that understands what, you know, what he's doing before he's, you know, out there, you know, listing properties for sale. We've actually, you know, bought and sold, you know, several properties with Jeff and looking to do several more. We're actually closing on one today with Jeff. So I think we'll... You know, hopefully we have Jeff here with us. Uh, are you on the line, Jeff? Yep, I'm here. Thanks, uh, Frank, and thanks, Dave. It's a pleasure to be on today. Yeah, th- thanks for being here, Jeff. Again, uh, you know, we wanted to give people kind of just a, an overview of the industry and whether or not it would work for them to to buy mobile home parks. Um, so we thought we'd start off just asking the good old basic. You know, tell us tell us about uh, yourself and about Marcus and Millichap. Sure. Um, you know, many people have probably heard of uh, Marcus and Millichap. We're a nationwide real estate firm. We've got over 70 offices from California all the way to the East Coast and New York and everywhere in between. Um, I'm based out of Colorado, out of our Denver office. And um, <clears throat> what makes our firm unique is that um, we're, we're, every agent in our firm specializes in something. Um, I happen to specialize exclusively in mobile home parks. I don't. Um, do any other sort of investments. I, I don't uh, dabble in apartments or retail or anything. So my specialty and the only thing I'm focused on is mobile home parks. And that's true with the other agents in our firm. The guy next to me, you know, specializes in retail. The guy next to him, apartments. So that's how the firm is set up. Um, and we are one of the largest, um, well, I guess we are the largest firm with the most amount of agents that specialize in manufactured housing. And so we've got a uh, a lot of resources in that space and a lot of highly trained brokers that know the mobile home park business. Yeah, Jeff, r- roughly how much a year does Marcus broker in mobile home parks, you know, roughly? You know, it, it varies. Um, it, it, what has been your t- the peak year, for example? Um, you know, that was kind of an anomaly in, in 2007. But, I mean, we're averaging about three to $400 million, I would say. Right, which is just just huge. I mean, I just want to get that in because I think a lot of listeners may not realize, you know, how, how big you guys are in that space. So, um, obviously, that's that's a lot. Right, and yeah, I mean, you you guys, you know, don't just focus on the the super luxury high end stuff. I mean, you you know, look at the good, you know, the good middle of the ground type properties as well. Yeah, you because know, you've you've brought me deals that you know, are small and big and 
you know, anywhere in between. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, you know, our company was, was built with the private client arena, and I think we're very, very good with the private client individual, as well as the large institutional REIT type of um, operators. And so, you know, we really have a good um, exposure in the space from, you know, for instance, I'm working on a, um, I have in contract now a, a 50 space mobile home park in um, Nebraska that's 400,000. And on the other scope, I've got a portfolio um, of forty-two million under contract. So I'm kind of covering the yeah, entire, <laughs> That's a entire space. So, yeah, exactly. Okay, Jeff, how did you segue into mobile home parks? I mean, uh, you probably didn't grow up thinking I'm going to be a mobile home park broker someday. I mean, how? Why mobile home parks as opposed to retail or office or something else? Well, that's a that's a great question. Um, when I got into the business, which was about ten years ago, I special I started. Um, uh, I didn't really know anything about uh, investment real estate, and so I, I was hired on by Marcus Millichap, and um, I wanted to you know, start out in the apartment business, you know, selling apartment buildings in downtown Denver, central Denver. And um, I happened to have a client, you know, two years into the business that owned uh, a mobile home park, and he literally knew, you know, no one that could help him to sell it. Um, I had done some uh, good work for him on the apartment side, so... Uh, yeah, I said, what the, what the heck, I'll give it a try. And, and I educated myself on the business, and I sold this park for him. And the, the, the numbers, the economy, the, a lot of things made sense to me, more so than uh, apartments. Um, so that's how I got, got into it. And then short, shortly thereafter, I just kind of reengineered my entire business to focus exclusively on mobile home parks. Okay. Hey Jeff, um, you know when you, you you know I know you you have the background and you know Marcus is you know, doing a lot of apartments and stuff, but would you say you know what would you say the typical cap rate on a mobile home park deal is as compared to a you know an apartment? You know how many points higher you know would be a typical number? You know that's a great question. I think um, you know the the average. I would say it's at least 200 bases above an apartment complex. So, you know, if an average cap rate is uh, 7% for an apartment building, then I would say, you know, 9 to 10 cap would be an average for a mobile home park. And there's a lot of varying circumstances sure. that depends on the quality and the location. So, Right. Yeah, I think that's one thing that interests us, you know, in, in this business is, you know, that, that has those higher cap rates. So you picked a good field to get into. You know, I'm a believer in it, that's for sure. For sure. Hey, Jeff, you know, if, if someone's listening to the call and they're wondering, you know, do they have what it takes to be a mobile home park buyer, can you give, give people an idea of what the typical park buyer has as far as a background, capital, you know, day job, just, just, just a rough idea to help narrow the focus on, on what a typical park buyer looks like? Sure. Um, you know, there, there's... There's I, there's probably three different tiers. There, there's probably the uh, you know the full time institutional guy that this is what he does for a living, and he's buying five or six parks, seven parks a year. Then there's uh, the second tier, which would be you know the, the private client, high net worth individual. Maybe he's a uh, a lawyer, a doctor, uh, a dentist, um, <clears throat> someone in that field. And then there's you know kind of the third tier, which would be you know, someone consider like a mom and pop. Someone that's a more local uh, guy, you know, someone that's a sweat equity guy and um, just a hard worker, has a full-time job. And, um, you know, so really the typical buyer just kind of spans the whole, the whole spectrum. 
Um, but as far as you know, mobile home parks, as far as you know, what you kind of need, uh, you know, financial background or, or what type of equity, you know, what does it take? Um, you know, generally speaking, you know, uh, mobile home parks are are bankable, and you know, you need to at least have about twenty five to thirty percent down if you're going to go out and get new financing on a mobile home park. Now, it is very much still a mom-and-pop world, and, you know, you guys have had a lot of success. Um, I've had a lot of success. Other people have had a lot of success bonding and, and forming relationships with local owners. And, yeah, you'll get people that will be happy to um, carry financing for you. But even in those situations, people are very um, realistic with the, economic downturn and, and people defaulting on loans, you know, people are very, they still, if they're going to carry financing, they still want you to show them that you know what you're doing, that you have a good amount down, you know, 20% down, and you have some sort of, um, you know, resume to back that up, whether it's in mobile home parks or your job or, you know, a different part of real estate. Sure. Hey, right. just let me ask you, because we, we don't have a whole lot of time. What, what are the... Uh... What do you think are the are the hot and the cold areas of the U.S. right now for parks? Like, where, where are you seeing parks doing the best, or where are you seeing people wanting to buy them the most, and then just take that down the spectrum from the hottest end to the coldest? I mean, the great thing about mobile home parks um, is that it, it, it fills a need. There's a demand for affordable housing. I don't think anybody can um, dispute that. I mean, the poverty level in America is at an all-time high. And the gap, affordability gap in most markets, I don't care if it's Columbus, Ohio, um, Austin, Texas, San Diego, um, Cleveland, Ohio, there's a demand. So generally speaking, I would say 80% of the markets are good just because there's that demand. Um, Texas is a very, very hot market. There's a lot of growth, a lot of oil production. Um, And then college towns, those are uh, continually be a hot market, the eastern seaboard a very, very um, sought-after market. And then, you know, some states that you might not think of uh, being a good market, maybe like a Kansas or Nebraska or even Illinois, I mean, these are phenomenal markets. There's very few, you know, the markets that are suffering are are the ones that are tied, um, their employment base is tied to maybe one or two employers, and, you know, those employers are suffering. So very hard question to answer. Generally speaking, there's a lot of good markets in every single state. Right. So basically, the the business the business model works in every state. Well, I guess except Hawaii, which has no parks. <laughs> there you uh, go. Outside of that, just about every state works for it. Correct. That's correct. Okay. And you know, tell us a little bit about where where you see things you know trending. I mean, I know you know America's in the decline right now, obviously, and don't see that stopping anytime soon. Where, where else, or what other things do you see going on in the business going forward? Well, I think moving forward, the the the, there's a bright future for manufactured housing. Um, you just can't build new mobile home parks. Many cities and, and, and counties just will not allow that with zoning. Um, unlike apartments, when there's where there's demand for apartments, you can pop up a, a thousand units. Um, you know, within 24 months, you can't do that with parks. And th- there's just such a need that I can, You know, I think that the demand. Um, I just think it's a smart place to park your money. And I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I think that um, there's a real need in America for affordable housing, and this fills that niche very, very well. Great. And just, just, just for folks who want to reach you, why don't you go ahead and give them your number as well? Yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions to, uh, regarding anything in the business, really. So my direct line is area code 
303-228-2049. Again, that's 303-328-2049. And I'm happy to, to uh, talk with anybody. Great. Well, Thank well thanks, you, Jeff, for being here. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, for and sure. We're going to go to break, and then after that, we'll be back to talking a little bit more about uh, mobile home parks. Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. Thanks. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest-income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, President of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Frank. Dot Rolf at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield, everybody. Uh, this is uh, part two of our two-part series on mobile home parks. As a tool to harness the U.S. recession or depression, we'll let you decide what you want to call it. Uh, we've just talked to Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap, 
one of the top mobile home park brokers in the U.S., and now we're going to go over some final thoughts on the mobile home park business and why we think that's a high-yield opportunity here. Okay, great, Frank. Uh, Let's start, you know, let's talk about the growing demand. You know, I know we've touched on it here briefly before, but, you know, you know, with the economy where it's at and, you know, with the price point, you know, of apartments and single family and down payments and loan criteria, uh, you know, mobile home parks are, you know, absolutely the cheapest, you know, other than living with your in-laws, you know, the cheapest place to, to live. And, you know, they're still safe and, you know, you still have your own yard and your own, your own entrance to your home, you know. So it, it is yours, but it is the, you know, it is the growing demand. You know, our phones ring off the hook for homes um, in our parks. Yeah, I mean, we have, uh, I mean, Dave, the, the park we have in Pueblo does, what, sometimes 100 calls a week? Isn't that yeah. yeah, it's amazing how many calls. I mean, it's just, you know, people looking for, you know, affordable housing in, um, you know, Pueblo and you know, tons of other markets, you know, over 50 calls a week. Right. You know, and one thing we haven't talked about, but let's talk about it for just a second here, is the failure of apartments to meet this demand. You know, a lot of people listening may say, well, gee, you know, I know there are apartments out there that have units that are $500 a month. Well, you know, th- those apartments are dreadful. Uh, you know, when you think of an apartment complex, I always think of the ones I see in the ads and the newspaper or drive drive by with new construction and Nice-looking, you know, stuccoed exterior with a pool, and but that's that's not the $500 a month apartment. You know, the U.S. average on apartments last year, Dave, was what? It's a thousand seventy. Yeah, it was over a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know, that's that's a whole different kind of housing than what we're talking about. We're talking about a family needing two, three bedrooms, uh, you know, for 500 a month, and and you end up with some dreadful, dreadful housing stock. These are apartments that might be. Nice back in 1960, maybe even 1970, but over time they've gone from Class A to Class B to Class C, and people really hate them. You know, when we talk to our customers in our parks and and find out why they're there, you'll always hear over and over again that they were in a terrible apartment and they didn't think it was safe, it wasn't a good environment for their kids, and they had to get out. So, you know, what one part of the demand issue not only is that parks meet the price with the yard and your own home. But secondly, the, the apartments have totally failed over time to to meet the needs of the people in that in that income segment. So just wanted sure. to throw, throw that out there. Okay. Uh, um, the next item, you know, we could talk about briefly is, you know, you know, we're calling them mobile homes or, you know, you could call them trailers or you could call them manufactured homes. That's probably the more appropriate, you know, name that the industry wants you to, you know, call them. But, you know, the, the, these homes are not uh, really mobile. I mean, you know, the, sure you can you, you can pay three to five thousand dollars to you know hire a you know uh, you know big rig to you know, hook up and move them and reset them and all that. But you know, when you're talking about your average customer, you know, they don't have three to five thousand or even more than that to move these homes. So the barrier, you know, for somebody to actually leave your property is very is very difficult. You just don't see that happen. Most of these homes are. You know, in a property, you know, for the whole entire lifespan of that home. Yeah, it's kind of odd, David, that that they call RVs recreational vehicles. Mm-hmm. Nothing about the word mobile. Right. They call the homes mobile homes when, on average, the you know, studies have shown that less than one percent are ever moved. So, I'm not sure where they got the mobile name from. You know, that's a kind of was a mistake. For sure. Uh, Next item is seller carry. We talked about it, uh, I think, a little bit about the deals we've done with 
with using that type of financing. And what that is, again, is you know, if, if a mom and pop has a park and they own it free and clear, then they have the ability to act as the bank when you buy the park. So instead of going out and getting a loan at a bank, you get the loan from mom and pop, just like getting the loan from your parents or grandparents or somebody. Basically, they, they, you reach an agreement that you will pay them a certain amount of money over time, but often it's, it's nothing more than they like you and want to help you, and they, uh, there's no credit check. Uh, there's really nothing. You just you sign the document, and, and, you know, and it's yours. Uh, the reason it's unique in this industry is I, I don't see it, unless Dave, unless you do, I, you just don't see seller carry in most other kinds of real estate. Yeah, it's very you know it's it's much more prevalent in you know mobile home parks on a you know average basis. You know I would say you know probably less than ten percent on a, an apartment building is seller carry, and you know you may see thirty to thirty five percent or even more on mobile home parks. Yeah, and I mean you you could probably do your whole life owning and operating shopping centers and never have a seller carry deal, right? So I mean it's mm-hmm. it's kind of unique. Uh, you know, another item we're talking about is the fact that bank, banks are still very aggressively lending in this space. So uh, if the deal is not seller carry, there is, still is the availability of financing for parks from banks. Right. Yeah, just to, for instance on that, you know, we're, we're looking at buying a mobile home park in a smaller town in North Dakota. Um, you know, I made four phone calls, and within a week I had four offers, um, one from each one of those banks with the best offer, you know, being under uh, you know four percent interest, twenty-year uh, financing, um, you know, and a half-point fee. I mean, you know, you, you just can't you can't find that. You know, no, you can't beat you know, that. Years, years ago, just a great. I mean, you know, four offers. You know, everybody I called was just all over it. Right, and, and you know, ask somebody you know in you know the self-storage industry or some other form of real estate if they have had similar experiences, and you know, they, they would make four presentations and get no favorable response. So. You know, it's kind of unique. Um, and another thing we've talked again, uh, just a little bit about, but but is worth mentioning is the fact that in this industry you can do a lot of bonding with the seller. You know, this is this is an industry where you still have all these moms and pops who own them. If they like you, if they want to help you, they definitely will. I don't have time to give all my various bonding stories that they would probably cringe about. But you know, we, we've seen cases of people getting deals where they put down less than one percent zero down deals, things where basically the seller just wants to help you. And it's possible in this business because you're dealing normally with a mom and pop who owns the park free and clear. For sure. Uh, another item is assigning contracts. We, we haven't talked much about that, but it, it is an option out there. You know, A lot of people in the mobile home park business, they don't end up owning the parks. They actually make the money off finding parks for sale and then assigning the contracts. And, I mean, Dave, we, we've, we've spent how much on that over the years? I mean... Um, you know, buying contracts from people, you know, probably, you know, well over 500000 you know. Right. You know, that's kind of how I got started in the business was I was, you know, tying things up and, you know, selling them, you know, selling the contract or buying them and selling them. So, you know, it is a good way to, you know, to start out, you know, get a, you know, get some, you know, reserves going. Right. Um, you know, where we see the industry 10 years from now, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time here, but... I think, you know, we, we see basically it just continuing to grow and grow in demand. I mean, Dave, are you seeing America, like, picking up steam right now? or um, I, I don't, no. It's, you know, I, I see our phones are ringing, you know, ringing off the hook. You know, more and more people need affordable housing, and, you know, I don't see any change to that. And, you know, I've never seen a change to that in, in all the years I've been involved in the business. 
right. there's always a need for it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, well, you, Frank, you want to end up, you know, yeah, end the show with you know one or more of your crazy jokes. Sure. Here's here's a, one final mobile home park joke. A uh, hillbilly walks into a bar with a parakeet on his shoulder. The bartender looks up and says, "Hey, where'd you get that thing?" And the parakeet says, "Down at the trailer park. They've got hundreds of them down there." <laughs> so there you have it. And again, we thank thanks everyone for being here for this week's high yield. If you have any uh, questions or for next week and don't want to remember to call them in, but want to get them to us, feel free to email those into Frank. Rolf R O L F E at gmail dot com. And again, thanks everyone for being here. Thank you, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to High Yield. Please join Frank and Dave next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great and profitable week.